your life center, center of life. You find expression and life in Christ. At TLC, discover God. At TLC, discover you. At TLC, discover life. Discover God, discover you, discover life. Amen. So I believe we've been blessed. We talked, we started with the uh, Thanksgiving Sunday, an act of perfection. Thanksgiving, an act of perfection. And um, in the communion service, we talked about the perfect sacrifice. Hallelujah. And we also spoke about what? The perfect what? The perfect word. And during this week, we talked about the patience. It meant also an act of perfection. It was very interesting on Wednesday. Hallelujah. So we'll be going forward this morning. Amen. In Mark chapter 8, let us open to it very quickly. The book of Mark chapter 8. Uh, let's go to verse 34. Are we there? And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he called the people unto him with his disciples also. He said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? 38. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with his holy angels, the Almighty God will not be ashamed of you. Amen. Hallelujah. I said the Almighty God will not be ashamed of you. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. This morning, very quickly, we'll be speaking in a message titled, The Perfect Follower. The Perfect Follower. Hallelujah. Now, the whole Bible actually is um, a book of training on how to follow God. Am I right? The whole Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, the aim is that by reason of your studying the Bible, knowing the Word of God, following the Word of God, obeying His commands, you'll be able to follow Him to the end. Praise the name of the Lord. And we have left darkness into light. We have decided to come to church to be followers of this great God. And of course, anything you want to do, it is best you do it very well. Is somebody agreeing with me? Praise. So this morning, we're looking at the perfect follower. Now, in this scripture that we read, the Bible says Jesus called some people, all the people, and he called his disciples and he spoke to them. 
He said, if you must follow me, you have to drop something. You can't follow me with your baggage. You must deny yourself. If you were immersed in a certain world or lifestyle, which is not of God, and you want to follow God, you have to deny yourself. It cannot be business as usual. Some things must change. He said, take up your cross. He must take up his cross, the burden of following God. The difficulty, because there's a cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. That is, if you want to maintain the worldly life, then you will lose the life of God. If you want to save the life that you were living before, then you cannot gain the life of God. But whosoever shall lose his life, that other life, because of my own sake, then you will save that life. Because of the gospel's sake, you will save that life. I believe almost every one of us this morning, walking with the almighty God, had a previous life. And you have dropped some things, if not everything. I want to congratulate you because you are making progress. But Jesus said, you must take his own and drop this one. And he says, for what will it profit you? What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And this is one scripture that nobody wants to follow. A lot of Christians, they want to gain the whole world and still gain the soul. Money, they say, is the root. The love for money is the root of all evil. Good things are nice, but not at the expense of your soul. Good vehicles, good houses, good friends, they are very nice. Loyalty to your friends of the past. They are good, but will you weigh it against your salvation? The things we like. Hallelujah. I remember preaching a message so many years back titled, The Sweet Things of Life. The good things of life. And I remember saying there that um, one thing I, I know I really love is dodo. Amen. And maybe when they are burying me, there will be some plantain inside the grave to carry to, ah, to heaven. You will not carry anything to heaven. Are you following me? Why lose your soul? Praise the name of the Lord. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? He says, whosoever therefore will be ashamed, because that is the big problem. A lot of us are ashamed of the gospel. Amen. Ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. Of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when it cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. I used to imagine that God cannot be this wicked. Or Jesus, Habba. So because, you know, I, I was ashamed of him here, yeah, when we get to heaven, he will now see me. He won't say, ah, okay, last warning. But there's no more last warning. Praise the name of the Lord. And you know, if you wonder, is it that God is wicked to send somebody to hell? No. 
there are algorithms that take over when you begin that journey. It's not only you and I that are using AI or using science and calculations. There's a way you program an aeroplane. It will fly to where you have programmed. The pilot can go and sleep. There are things that are done automatically. These ACs that you see here, the thermostats are working. They are setting the temperature. You don't have to go and say, okay, you are getting too cold. Be warm. You are getting too warm. Be cold. It is automatic. When a man dies, autopilot takes over. Don't ever forget that. Here, they may be using manual. God may speak to you in a message like this. He may warn. He may urge. He may help. Once a man dies, what did I say? Autopilot. No intervention. The algorithms, the rules have been set. And he has said it here. If you are ashamed of him here, he will be ashamed of you in heaven. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm praying for every one of us that God will give us more time. That you will not die suddenly. That even me, I will not die suddenly. In the mighty name of Jesus. That he'll be merciful unto you unto the day of your total salvation. If I were you, I would shout a big amen. Amen, <laughs> amen means I claim it. I will shout a bigger amen. Amen, amen means it must, it must happen to me. I will shout a bigger amen. amen. I say you will not die in sin. Amen. God will save you before you die. Amen. He will grant you enough time to repent before you die. And when you die, you will go to heaven. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So you will not die in plane crash. You will not die surprisingly. For as long as you are not yet totally saved, God will help you. The Holy Spirit will walk in your life. He will save you to the very end. In the name of Jesus. This hell you are reading of, you will never experience it. I will never experience it. Shout a big amen wherever you are. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. So he called people to follow him. He called for followers. You know, there's one thing about followership. The follower authenticates the leader. The follower authenticates the leader. When I say stand up and you refuse to stand up and you say, I'm not going to stand up, then I am no longer your pastor. Am I right? That's it. All my authority ends. If that day comes, I will carry my Bible, enter my car, and I will drive home. But when I say rise up and you all jump up, it shows I'm your leader. Am I right? The same thing with your office. And wherever you belong, even to your father. If my father calls me now at 89, I will jump up. He can't beat me. I'm probably richer than him. But if he calls me, what makes him a strong father is that he calls his children and they come to him. We have some generals in church. They look ordinary here, but go and check them in army headquarters. Then you will know you are not the same. Why? You will see his followers. Then you know, oh, so this man is truly a general. But here he looks ordinary. 
or they look ordinary. So it is the leader that strengthens, I mean, the, the, the followers that strengthen the leaders. I remember traveling from, one, one day I was in, coming from London and we were, at the, we were waiting to board and there was one man, he was shopping, I was shopping, he was carrying all his bags, all the nylon bag and everything, I had bought things, I was carrying my own. And I looked at the man, I said, ah, this is governor, this now. Oh, really? And I said, good evening, sir. He said, how are you? He said, where's our gate? I said, it's gate B23 or 24. And he bought the things and he was walking to the gate. Regular, ordinary man. And he entered the plane. And when we got to Abuja, people came into the aircraft near the door. The everything changed. This man that we were just in since, he didn't even greet me again. The, all the oddlies, everybody, police, everybody came in. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Then you know that he's a leader. Why? He has good followers. And you see those followers. When you see those followers with him, you will know they are special governor's aides. Am I right? When you see them at home, they are like nobody. When you see a policeman out of uniform, he's the regular guy. But the followership, the fact when I saw the governor and I saw those regular guys, and I knew they was attached to the governor, I had to respect them. Give way or they, or they brutalize you. Praise the name of the Lord. So there is a role for followers. That is why as a follower, you can't behave anyhow. Because when you behave anyhow, you yourself, you lose your authentication. If a general, the soldiers don't do anything, you can go and beat the soldier himself. Because there are some soldiers I can beat one-on-one -on -one in the house. <laughs> of course, if they try me, we fight. But let them wear their uniform. Then you will know. They touch one of them. You will see three trucks. Because they follow. So being a follower, maybe it's even better or stronger than being a leader. When Queen of Sheba got to the, <laughs> the, the, the palace of King David, he was, she, was, she had never seen King David. She looked at the glory of the followers, of the servants, the way they addressed her. And she said, blessed are you people. Hallelujah. Some years back, sorry if I, I, every time I sound to preach for 20 minutes, but once I come here, one spirit climbs me. But you know, sometimes you have to push the message across. I've told you this story, and I'll tell you this story again. Some years back, somebody came to preach. And I'm sure you remember, I've told you before. And after he left here, he, I heard he said he will never come to our church again. Why? Okay, when he was here, he stayed at the Hilton. I personally paid for the five days. He came to preach for two days, but said he would spend three days more because it was his anniversary. I paid personally. Now, myself and my wife will carry food to him in his room. Not Eba and Ebusio, no. Cream of chicken soup prawn this, avocado this, salad, the best. Me and my wife. And we'll serve it to him. And he will eat again the next day something. We always, we're at his beck and call. Hallelujah. And after all that, I heard that he said he will never come again. And I was really upset. 
How can this man be that wicked? He's a pastor, big pastor. So I went to, I went to, I called him. I said, Pastor, what did I, what did we do wrong? You know, with all respect, that what was it we did not do? That I heard you said you will never come to our church again. I thought you would defend. He said, Pastor, no, I'm sorry. Truly, I said so. And from that day, I learned something. Come and accuse me. I'll just tell you, I agree. Don't deny what you said. He said, he said so. But not that, not in that context. I said, sir, what did we do wrong? He said he wondered that in a church he came to preach like this kind of congregation. That it is the pastor and his wife who are serving him. Where are the members? Do you understand? That that kind of church is not a good church. And those kind of people are not good people. That if that is how those people are, I love the pastor, I will not go to that church again. Because they were bad followers from his own perspective. I tell my ministers, when we're having a program, you don't go and carry cheer. It's not a sign of humility from what I learned in that place. It is a sign of weakness. There are HODs, there are workers, there are members. Why will the, the, the minister or the pastor mean the one carrying chair, proving which, which kind of humility is that? That's not humility. That is misplacement. The perfect followers. So don't relax when you see some things happening around you. When some cultures are being destroyed in your office, put it in place. In the church, put it in place. There are things that belong to the pastor that are hallowed. Pastor's office. This church, you can go and carry anything from that place and use it to do stool. No problem. You can carry this my chest. If I'm not careful, they will carry it and use. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. So, a strong leader also benefits the followers. So it's in your interest. If I'm strong, some things will come to you. Praise the name of the Lord. And a worthy follower should know the following. So a perfect leader requires perfect followers. So for us to be a strong team, a strong church, then we must have the perfect leader and the perfect follower. And everybody must respond to the rules given by the leader. That is why I force you to stand. I could have, I mean, what's the big deal about standing? Well, it's about culture. It's about leadership and followership. Hallelujah. Somebody getting blessed. So a follower should know the, first, the, the following. There are many things about followership. Like I said, is the whole the whole Bible is about followership. But I'll just pick two or three things to discuss this morning. Hallelujah. Number one that I want to look at this morning is the sheepfold. Sheep like goats, sheep S-H-E-E-P. Sheepfold. Let's open our Bibles to the book of John, chapter 10. 
I am hoping that somebody's life will change this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the book of John chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entered not by the door into the sheepfold. What is a sheepfold? Where the sheep are kept. The rago, the ram, where they are kept. But climbs up some other way. The same is a thief and a robber. Anybody who comes wrongly into the, where the sheep are kept is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the potter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth, leads them out. And when he put forth his own sheep, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. And all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. That's why you are born again. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And shall go in and out and find pasture. Verse 10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. SKD. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. He said in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. In the sheepfold, Jesus gave a picture of the visitors to the sheepfold. And in this sheepfold, the thief comes in and the owner comes in to attempt to steal the sheep. But he says here that the sheep have been so trained that they know the voice of their master, the perfect follower. So when a thief comes, they don't understand his voice and they don't follow him. He's a special leader. He said he is the door. You know, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That he can kill himself for the sheep. He will lay down his own life for the sheep. The first thing I want us to know here is that there is a sheepfold, which is the church that we belong to. This is our assembly. That's why I say we should not forsake the assembly of brethren because there you find protection. People that say, I can worship in my house. It's good you can worship in your house. But when you belong to a sheepfold, there's cover. There's protection. There's identity. It will not be easy for you to misbehave. Praise the name of the Lord. So number one thing you should know, there's a sheepfold. Now, the elements of this sheepfold from what we have read Number one, there is the voice of the shepherd. The shepherd is always speaking. And that is the way that the sheep are able to recognize his voice. 
The word of the Almighty is always coming forth unto his children. The Bible says we did not choose him. He chose us and he called us. That is why you are here this morning. You may not believe, you may not understand why you are here, but that is why you are here. Because God gave you the privilege of being in his house. And his voice is ringing every day like you are hearing today. And those that are his sheep, they understand his voice. And they, they know when he's the one speaking. We know the word of God. We know when it is the word of God. We know Christian singing. We know when it is a Christian song. You know when it is not a Christian song. We know Christian dressing. We know when it is not godly dressing. We know. You can't deny it. Because we are his sheep. If you don't know, it's a different thing. But you know. You know everything about the God you are serving. That is why you are here this morning. So when it is not of God, the Bible says the sheep, they don't listen. Question this morning. Are you a perfect follower? Do you listen to the voice of the enemy? The answer is yes. Am I right? The answer is yes. If not, we won't be preaching. Praise the name of the Lord. So, there is the voice of the shepherd. And we cannot deny that we know it. You know, there are, there's a fear, you know. Sometimes you just wonder, why did I even get born again? Because once you hear, you are in trouble. Because it can be used against you on the day of judgment. Am I right? They say, did you not hear, pastor, don't preach this message. So everything you are hearing this morning is putting you into more trouble. Because you cannot deny you didn't know it. Hallelujah. So there's the voice of the shepherd. There's also hearing and knowing the voice of the shepherd. Number two. Number three. The sheep, they know that there are thieves. You know there are people who want to deceive you out of Christianity. You know that corruption wants to lure you. You know corruption. We know. We can't deny it. Praise the name of the Lord. So we know there are, there are things speaking to us every day that wants to pull us out of Christianity. Those are thieves and strangers. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5.22 says, Abstain from every appearance of evil. So we know. There is a knowledge of the door in the sheepfold. Jesus said, I'm the door. So they know their shepherd. Who is the door? It's not a thief. And you know Jesus. You know that he's our master. Am I right? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And also we know that there's a sheepfold. Not a goat fold. We'll get back to this very soon. So the sheep, they stay in the fold. Hallelujah. They don't just leave and walk out anyhow. Let's look at 1 John chapter 2 verse 19. 1 John chapter 2, verse 19. The Bible says, They went out from us, but they were not of us. That is, they manifested from our midst, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest 
that they were not <laughs> all of us. I'm leaving that church. You are leaving because you are not our member originally. If you were, you will stay. They anoint me in that church. You left because you were not, you know, you're not, not a member. If you were, you will stay. Somebody just fought me. Pastor preached about me. It was me he was talking about. So I'm leaving. No, you're not leaving. You were never part of it. If you were part of it, you will stay. Praise the name of the Lord. When you are the sheepfold of Jesus, you don't leave. I'm angry with the church. I'm angry with Christianity. I'm angry with redeem. You were not a member before. You just came to visit. When you are a member, you will stay. No matter what. No matter the threats of the hirelings. No matter the threats of the thieves. No matter the threats of those robbers in the sheepfold. The Bible says that they did not follow them. Praise the name of the Lord. Number two thing we have to know as perfect followers of the master is the great commission. So number one is the sheepfold. And I gave you about seven elements of the sheepfold. Number two is the great commission. So there is a sheepfold. We belong to a body. We belong to the body of Christ. We are Christians. We are born again or supposed to be born again. We know the voice. We can't deny. Amen. So we are members of that sheepfold. The great commission number two. Matthew 28. Is somebody following me this morning? Matthew 28. I'm trusting that this will be a life-changing uh, month. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 18. The Bible says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. To be perfect followers, we must understand the Great Commission and carry out the Great Commission. So to be perfect for us, number one, you must belong to the sheepfold. Number two, you must understand the great commission. Minister the world to the whole world. Church is not a rendezvous. It's not a theater to watch one man speak. It's for you to come and acquire the skills to use and minister for the same way I acquired it and I'm able to speak to you today. Praise the name of the Lord. So, everything you are doing here is to acquire the skill. Because at the end of the day, as a perfect follower, you are expected to be telling somebody about Jesus. To be bringing somebody into the house of God. Hallelujah. Question is, are you a good follower? Are you a perfect follower? Do you tell people about Jesus? When I even say preach, do you just tell somebody, ah, you know, did you go to church yesterday? How was church yesterday? Ask your neighbor. Ask your, your colleague in the office. How was church? Did you enjoy church? Let church come out of your mouth. Let Jesus come out of your mouth. It doesn't matter what they regard you, what they think you are. 
Because some of us, we cannot preach because they know we are bad. So you know they know and they know you know. So what are you telling them? Still tell them. Praise the name of the Lord. Let them call you hypocrite. Still say it. There's a beginning. They say the journey of a thousand mile of a thousand mile begins with what? One step. Once you can say it, you have started. Once you can tell somebody, Jesus loves you, they will laugh at you. You have taken one step. It's better than not taking anything. At least you will tell God, I wasn't ashamed of you. I wasn't ashamed of you, Lord. I told people about you. Praise the name of the Lord. So the great commission to speak for, to, to go forth and speak the word is for every one of us. And, you know, time is running low. If you are above 50, your time is running low. You are on the return journey. Very soon you will be dead. Am I right? I don't mean tomorrow, but you don't know it can be tomorrow. Let's not, you know, people say, they don't talk about, they don't talk about death. No, it's death. There is death. And anybody can die. And that is not wanting to talk about it or, he, or you know, face it. It's what keeps people sinning for years. We should preach messages. You are going to die tomorrow. That's what you should be saying. Do you know you are dying tomorrow? Will you like that kind of message? So that you can continue sin. That's why we are continuing sin. Because we think we will live forever. God will show us mercy. So redeem the time. Quickly tell somebody about Jesus. Don't wait until you are pastor. Don't wait until you are super holy. Even your sin, tell them Jesus. It is a first step. It will help you to begin to develop. Praise the name of the Lord. Proverbs 11.30, we know it. He that winneth souls is wise. Wisdom. You must win souls. Go to heaven with one person you will hold and say, this, Daddy, let me bring this person. Praise the name of the Lord. So the Great Commission, Luke twenty-two thirty-one. Let's open to it. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desire to have you, that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen your brethren. This is somebody who Jesus knew will fall into sin. Jesus knew. He prayed for him that it will not kill him. And he gave him more time that when you recover, what you have to do is to go and start strengthening your brethren, preaching to them. And Peter actually fell. And he recovered. And because he's a good follower, God saw the steps of his life and prayed for him because he's a good follower. Everything he did wrong was with the intention of impressing Jesus. I will, I will die for you. I will do this for you. He was the one that caught the ear of that um, man that was trying to arrest Jesus. Everything for Jesus. Wrong things, but with a good intention. And because of that, they prayed for him. And he recovered and he became the mighty Peter. I'm praying for somebody this morning. This is not the end of your life. Amen. Shout a bigger amen. amen. 
I said, this is not the end of your life. You will yet manifest the glory of God in the mighty name of Jesus. So strengthen your brethren. Say something to Jesus. So two things about the perfect follower. Number one, you belong to a sheepfold and you will stay there. And you will hear the voice of God and you will do his will. Number two, the great commission. You must tell somebody about Jesus. Seriously. It doesn't matter who you are. You must tell somebody about Jesus. You must make effort. Hallelujah. Number three. Thing we are going to look at this morning is growing to maturity. So number one, sheepfold. Number two, the Great Commission. Number three, attitude or attribute of a perfect follower is that you must be growing to maturity. First Peter chapter two, verse two. Shall we get there? The Bible says, "As newborn babes." Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Desire this word that you will begin to grow. Glory be to God, a lot of us have grown. There are people sitting down here who, are, who can even preach more than me. There are people, you may not know it. The people have grown over the years. But we need to grow to maturity. Praise the name of the Lord. A perfect follower must desire to grow. In 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Let's open to it very quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11. It says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. What are childish things? I'm sure you know. When you were not born again, there were things you used to do. Those are childish things. One year later, some things should drop. Ten years later, some things should have disappeared. If you still have those things in your life, those are childish things. Praise the name of the Lord. And you must begin to put them off. Put them down and drop them. Be sure in your life that you are putting away things of the past. Childish things. And you must have the love paradigm. The, you know, you must see life from the point of love. Because the almighty God is merciful unto you by his love. He loves you so much. When you do things that he can, you know, it does kill you. But he shows mercy because of the love he has for you. Why can't we show the same love to everyone? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So we must have the love paradigm. We must see things. Amen? And you must see the need to help and support others. That's our faith. You must be a support and a helper, not a killer. Anything happens to a Christian brother, there you go. TikTok. There you go. Social media. You hear one gist about one pastor. Oh, you are the MTM mast for transmitting. You transmit quickly. You are the one that shares things that is contrary to the kingdom of God. You need to stop it. 
It is not an element of a good follower of our Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody annoys you in church, ah, big problem. Somebody misbehaves. We are all dysfunctional. All of us, in one way or the other. And we're supposed to support each other. Amen. Some people are burning inside. You have to help to quench that fire, that burning, burning them. Some have different attitudes from you. That doesn't mean they are bad. It's just that they are different from you. Their upbringing is different. You must see that in everybody. My upbringing is different from your own. So you must see that in me. And we become a body, a church, helping one another. Not seeing faults, but seeing weaknesses that have to be helped. Somebody comes and steals in church and you say he's a thief, he must be Christian. No, he needs help. Somebody is abusive in church, he needs help. He's not a bad person. He needs help. Somebody is deficient in one thing, he needs help. You must see a Christian or your other people as people that need help. That is the paradigm. You can get upset initially, but you scram down and say, no, this person, I need to help him. I need to help her. Not to say, hmm, I'm tired of that person. If, you cross, if she should cross my path again, I will crush her. Then you're not a Christian. You're not a follower. You are weakening the authentic authentication of your father. Is somebody following me this morning? Is somebody following me this morning? Ask your neighbor, will you help me if I'm weak? What did he say? What did he say? Tell, answer the question. Ask your neighbor, will you carry my gist and destroy me the more? What did they say? But that's what we do every day. That's what we do every day. You carry somebody's gist. I know when you carry gist, it's not the original version you will hear. They will add what? Pepper and salt. God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So nobody is an angel. We're not ministering, we're ministering to human beings. Nobody here is an angel. We all have our weaknesses. We have spiritual problem. We have home trouble. Village people are pursuing some of us and making us behave the way we are behaving. Some things are generational costs that you yourself, you don't know how it came. The person beside you may just have a problem. That doesn't mean you condemn the person. And you don't see anything wrong, uh, the problem. Praise the name of the Lord. They said it's only in Christianity that we kill our wounded soldiers. In the military, during war, when somebody is shot, almost dead, they still carry him. General, am I right? They still carry the wounded soldier. And he could even have caused the death of some other soldiers. They will still carry him to... You, you know, you are trying to escape bullets. But you are still carrying somebody who is almost lifeless. Why not just leave him? No, they carry... Even if he's dead, they bring the body back. It's in Christianity that we kill our wounded soldiers. I'm talking to TLC this morning. Let us be different as a church. Some little things will make us all go to heaven. When we change the way we do things and the way we see things, you don't have an authority. 
to speak wrongly about any member of this church from today. You cannot speak wrongly against any member of this church, no matter what. Worst case, the person is a wounded soldier. And it's your duty to carry, to take him to the place where they will be rescued. That is what makes you a good follower. Anybody, the devil is wicked. You that you are making mad, when they finish with you, 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 you keep quiet. And nobody, even pastor is not exempted. So we maintain a community, a sheepfold, where we bear one another's body. Where we keep ourselves is our secret. We are helping this person. The person will be okay tomorrow. And the glory manifests. I'm trusting God that we will achieve what we want to achieve. As a body of Christ in the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I said sheepfold, not goatfold. Why is there a difference? It's because goats are stubborn. You know, when we're small, when you want to abuse, what do they call you? Stubborn goats. Praise the name of the Lord. Because goats are stubborn. But sheep, put them here, they all move that way. And that's what Christians are. We are not goats. We are sheep. And the Lord Jesus, the one we are following, is called the Lamb upon the throne. He's very malleable. He too is not a goat. When you go to him, you beg him, you know, he will say, okay. You go and do it again. Come and beg him. He will say, okay. If he doesn't say, okay, you tell him, but you said that you will forgive me seven times, 77 times. He will say, eh, okay, I said so. Okay. Have mercy on me. Okay, I show you mercy. Remember me. Okay, I remember you. No stubbornness at all. Until you die. Now there were holiday. But here you can do anything. Go and meet him. He will still show you mercy. I want to pray one more time. You will not die in sin. Yeah. Shout a bigger amen. Yeah. Because that's the only problem. You will not die in sin. Yeah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Yeah. Finally, Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews 3. Verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Verse 10. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their hearts. And they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. God was angry then. Thank God for Jesus. If Jesus had been alive then, he would have begged for them. Say, have mercy on them. Amen. So I take it, brethren, lest there be any one of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. While it is called today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Hold it steadfast. Verse 15. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the 
provocation. Rise on your feet, everybody. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. We'll be glad to have you worship with us every Sunday at 8 a.m. and every Wednesday at 6 p.m. God bless you. <laughs>